0: instead. Hello internet! And you're listening to the Untold Talks of Spider-Man, a podcast about deep cuts, forgotten classics, and what it truly means to be a Spider-Man story. For the first episode of our, like, sands in the hourglass, Sandman-centric block, we're talking about the beloved Spider-Man title, Marvel 2-in-1, number 86. A title that definitely stars Spider-Man and not the thing, (laughs) and certainly has Spider-Man show up within its pages. After all, we are a Spider-Man podcast, right? We certainly... Didn't just devote two episodes to a story where Spider-Man shows up for like six pages, right?
1: Look, that said more about Spider-Man than certain other Spider-Man. Comics.
0: Anyway, <laughs> anyway. Marvel 2 and 186 is uh has a publication date of 1982, and was written by the legendary Tom DeFalco, penciled by longtime thing penciler Ron Wilson, inked by Cheek Stone, and colored by uh George Russos. Yeah, yeah, cheek. Um, for the this episode we're gonna t- uh, focus on the title story rather than the backup story featuring impossible man uh i'm gonna be honest i've read this comic like a dozen times i don't think i've ever touched that impossible man story it could be gold i don't know i don't care okay there we go thank <laughs> you uh Matt, hit us with that sweet, sweet info on how we can get a copy of this bad boy before
1: our very eyes. Hey, Marvel 2-in-1 oh is a cheap date, only setting you back $1 or $2 online. You could read it on Marvel Unlimited or slap down two of your hard-earned American dollars to get digital copy. We're not going to go through all the currency exchanges, apparently. Uh, you can get a copy in Comixology. It's also been collected the trade Spider-Man Saga of the Sandman along with a few other titles that we're not covering
0: uh, yeah so it's got like the the Ditko issues and then it's got like the Hulk like a Fantastic Four issue a Hulk issue uh this issue and then I think one other issue from another story um
1: right which is interesting for me to kind of dive into when we're on here because I always thought of Sandman as a Spider-Man villain he's really just kind of a Marvel villain around the block
0: yeah he's been tossed around like you know he he has passed around so yeah let's 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 tee up this issue and then we'll talk about that in a little bit so this story is a direct follow-up to amazing spider-man 217 and 218 written and drawn or written and drawn by denny o'neill and jrjr respectively uh that came out a year prior to this two-in-one story while uh two-in-one does a good job recapping that issue uh essentially hydraman and sandman fall into the hudson and fuse into this like horrific mud thing uh like monstrosity at the end of the first issue and then the second issue i mean like they can't all be winners it pivots pretty wildly and now it's a winner <laughs> <laughs> and now like the mud thing is like a sideshow attraction and the whole issue does this like king kong thing complete with spider-man musing at the end that like oh yeah this is just like one of those like well, this one movie like i think it's called like king kong and yeah what do they say at the end like oh it was beauty that killed the beast but this time the beauty doesn't look like she ter- uh, came out too well either and uh, i don't know like it just it kind of reminded me like why no one really talks about this era of spider-man that much like i mean it especially
1: was... the untold talks of spider-man <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, we're gonna have to cover it eventually because, I mean, the first appearance of Lonesome Pinkus or Lonesome Pinky, um, you know, he goes by both names in two seventeen. Get a little like Peter Palmer action going on. Um, but anyway, uh, all you really need to know is that two and one is kind of like team up, and that each issue fe- features a different team up, but with the thing instead of Spider Man. So there we go. Um. <laughs> so yeah yeah let's 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 start diving into this comic because this is like this is one of my favorite marvel comics like i really like this story i i i feel like it's just the the characters really come out in this and like there's no fisticuffs like there there is no no one fights There not not a single punch is thrown a a table is lifted in a threatening manner but uh no one actually gets decked So before we we jump in, Matt,
1: like, what was your initial impression on this comic? Why am I reading this? Okay, cool. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) uh. No, but like you said, it was interesting because, you know, it's this big setup for just a normal Marvel comic where there's just kind of a brawl. Mm -hmm and there isn't and the play on that and the the character moments we get with sandman in here really flesh out the character in a way that clearly hadn't been done for the character up to this point and it really plays on this idea that he's kind of a thug and we get an interesting mirror in that where we see that the thing isn't too far off from the sandman in that respect right so so yeah let's
0: run through it so like at this point the thing had his own solo title as well, so he was kind of operating out of the West Coast, like a lot of characters did back. You know, this this is early '80s, so you know, uh, you know, we get the recap of what was going on with the the Sandman uh read richard's calls thing over to do s- to help him with some spring cleaning <laughs> meanwhile sandman finally diffuses from the from Hydro Man, and they kind of go their separate ways, and Sandman's really beat up over this. Like he's traumatized by this, by like having to, I, I guess, share a consciousness with Hydro Man. Like they never really go into what exactly was so traumatic about it, other than just, I guess, losing yourself and like your your personality entirely. But I mean, this is this is a guy who's really down on his luck. Like he's like he's he feels woozy he he's he says like my head's pounding my body's still shaking i can't even walk um he, he's raiding Salvation Army drop-offs so that, like, he can at least afford an outfit so that people will leave him alone. And, you know, he, he just happens to go into a bar to kind of lay low and to collect himself and, like, reflect on what, what's happened. And then, like, in what I think, like, in what's, like, a really entertaining beat for me, like, the, the shopkeep notices that this is Sandman and starts freaking out and calls the police, the police laugh at him so he's like okay well then i'll call the fantastic four because you know that, that, that's you just you go you go up what, another step and uh so the thing picks up and realizes that like okay this guy's probably insane but i can use this as an excuse for To get out of doing this spring cleaning. Plus he said he works at the bar. So I can grab a beer too. So like this is a win-win-win situation for me. Uh, um, And and of course you also get like the shopkeep thinking. I must have the receptionist. She sounds like a prime ugly. Like... it's just it's it's funny and so of course like you know thing shows up and he's like uh, like okay sandman's actually here um and like that that's 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 where it takes the turn it's it's like you said like this is the prime setup like this is all right here we go let's start the superhero brawl and yeah the thing picks up the table sends bottles and like everything like everywhere the poor barkeep who's been trying to clean up the whole time because the Sandman's leaving sand everywhere must be like why did I call this idiot but like instead of like going at it sandman like i mean the face that um that ron wilson draws it's just like there's so much defeat on his face he's just like just like what he says it's like turn it off thing i ain't in any shape to mix it up with you with the likes of you i'll go quietly and the thing's just like floored he's like but like you're normally like a super brash and like full of yourself kind of guy and it, it really like takes him back to see uh sandman just so defeated so instead of duking it out they just sit down and like talk about it and like it's it's a really rare scene of not just like compassion between like hero and villain but like a scene of male intimacy like not non-sexual of course like in in comics especially in like the the 80s where like both of these guys drop their guard and confide in each other and yeah like you said the thing realizes you know after after same story that like there's really not too much different between them like both of them found both of them were raised in the slums and both of them found football as a way to kind of raise themselves out of that and, and and become someone different and then sandman's story is sympathetic to him because like the catalyst for for how he goes down his darker path was that he's just trying to provide for his mother who is a single mother who's been trying her whole life to provide for him he he tries to return the favor but maybe because he wasn't born into any kind of privilege he keeps going down a criminal route so he gets kicked off the team because because it turns out like, he he's its discovered that he was throwing some games for gambling money and then so he moves on to racketeering and then just kind of goes on from on from there and then thing realizes that like this is a guy who just keeps getting a bad break over and over and over again and yeah he makes the wrong decision but he makes the wrong decision because he thinks that he doesn't have any other any other choice it's just like it's such a well-written comic because it it seems so true to life despite that these are larger-than-life characters. Like like all all of these happenings feel fleshed out and they feel real and this this feels like a solid background and backstory for this character who we've been reading comics about for uh, like what about 20 years at this point but we never really dove into his backstory i i I don't know how how did you feel about the backstory element of this
1: so what's interesting about the backstory is sandman's describing to the thing you know all these hard breaks he had in his life but you see these certain things there's certain little details that come through like the teacher wouldn't just let me cheat on the test and you know when i got caught doing bad things they kicked me off the football team you know like like there's clear consequences to his actions that followed through and it's it's true like no one really gave him a break but he never really earned one either right right and that's interesting and i don't i don't know where the thing's backstory is supposed to be positioned at this point because i feel like he's one of those characters that maybe uh got prettied up by modern understanding later and i've never read kind of the b years of the fantastic four but the thing you know was a football star and he was a good guy and i know he was a little more gruff than like reed richards except when reed richards was a misogynist uh And this idea that, you know, that I mean, but he was kind of a thug, he solved things with his fists, And that was something he was pointing out earlier in the issue, you know, like how uh, he, he was just kind of this big, strong guy when he's doing the spring cleaning, you know, you know is like, oh, you're just bringing me by so I can lift this. Thing for you, don't you have someone else for that? But he, in that moment, the thing kind of saw something similar to him in the salmon, which is something that I find really interesting about how they sometimes play villains. Is you know these characters have different side characters, different aspects of their life. But after a while, these villains and heroes have been fighting and interacting with each other so many times they build a relationship in a very weird way and this was playing off that in a way that was really interesting and what i find more fascinating is clearly this story wasn't supposed to have huge reaching implications but there was something so resonant about the story as we continue with the sandman throughout the years they you get echoes of this of sandman just being a jerk but trying to be better it's a redemption story in a way that i feel plays differently than a lot of other ones we get in marvel like uh the initial deadpool arc with joe kelly or how they play you know like captain america post secret invasion or anything like that you you get this guy who's just kind of a thug so he finds a way to just kind of be a thug in a way that's respectful (laughs) (laughs) that's fair and yeah like I'm not. I don't. want to.
0: I don't want to say. Like, I, I know the intention when they were writing this, but yeah, you kind of. You kind of get the idea that like, I don't know. Maybe there was something going on here because like, you know, it ends with the thing laying down. Like, it, well, it doesn't say how much, but uh, you know, laying down a bill says like, I'll buy you a couple more rounds. I gotta go though. Uh, and then Sammons like, I don't understand. Aren't you going to arrest me? And then things like, I'm not a cop. Why should I arrest you? Uh, you know, you're you're your story is that you're dead uh you know stay dead um
1: the sandman's
0: dead stay dead. yeah yeah We've sandman's dead stay let him stay dead you know but like you you got a clean slate and then start over and then like this actually does start a friendship between um Sandman and the Thing. So I think it's about like 10 issues or so. There's another another comic where like the Thing's in the hospital. Uh Sandman comes by and visits them, brings him a cigar. Uh and then um <laughs> then a couple years later in uh Amazing annual, or Amazing Spider-Man annual, I think 24, it's the 1990 uh 1990 annual, there's a backup story where Sandman and the Thing go catch a uh, Rangers game together, watch some hockey. Um and then this is also like at this point sandman is starts his face turn he becomes a hero uh you know he he joins up with uh the i think it's the what is it the outlaws or whatever like it's a group of spider-man reformed heroes it's got like uh, prowler will-o-wisp uh, i think like night thrashers on it um they tussle with some yeah, yeah yeah some, some real nobodies uh they they tussle with the Avengers then then he teams up with Sil- silver sable then he eventually actually joins the Avengers um so like you know for about 20 years Sandman becomes a hero and th- this doesn't really change until uh you know we we relaunch amazing spider-man and then have like the reformation of the sinister 6 and he becomes a villain again um and we'll be covering we won't be covering that that sinister 6 reformation. Information, but we'll be covering kind of like the fallout of that uh, later on, but that's really why i wanted to cover this story is because like this story is the catalyst for sandman's character for 20 years
1: right well and what's interesting to that is i remember in the midst of that when i was definitely younger and we'd be talking a little bit of comics here and there this understanding that you know in the cartoon at the time Sandman was just a spider-man villain oh but in the comics he had this you know he was trying to be a hero and i just remember some talking as that built and as that went there's always this feeling like someday they're just going to make him a villain again. But when they did, it was just kind of a thud because him being a hero, and you, it always felt like a bit of a struggle mm-hmm. for him to be a hero, to do the right thing. The idea that he just kind of lapsed into just being a bad guy again just didn't didn't hit. It, did, it didn't really work because making him a villain just took away all the story they'd been building. And so, I don't know, something was lost in a way, in a way that I don't normally feel when you get the character returning to form. Right.
0: Well, yeah, and of course we'll be talking about that probably more with the uh peter parker 22 is is that the we'll be talking yeah yeah. well yeah peter parker 22 yeah i just wanted to make sure because it's it's 12 is where he does the the heel turn again sort of and 22 is kind of the fallout of that um but anyway all right um so i mean this one i would say this does not like doesn't really even approach a spider-man story because it's not it's it's a thing story. So, I mean, we've kind of already talked about how you feel about like the Sandman in this and like the characterization and everything, but like how do you think this differs from a Spider-Man story? Like cuz when when I'm reading this, I would, I would I don't know if Peter especially at this point in his life, you know, at this point in the character's arc, I don't know if he would have given Sandman the same kind of like sit down and it's Miller time like as uh the thing mentions on the cover of this. You know, I Still think that he would have gone in guns blazing and tried
1: to kick Sandman's ass. So, I I think to <coughs> oh, I think to contrast this, we need to look at the idea of the everyman character because Spider-Man was supposed to be the everyman character, but. He's a guy that doesn't drive, he doesn't drink, he's relatively platonic with girls up to a (laughs) point that he's in a relationship with them. You know, he he's he's pretty goody-goody overall. And that isn't most people. And the thing is a good guy, but he's got some rougher corners. And barely. But I mean literally. The thing will go to the bar and have a drink. The thing will talk some smack, you know, in a way that Peter doesn't really you know, the thing feels more like like the every man than the every boy in some ways. Yeah, I, I I follow you, yeah. And I feel this idea of like sitting down, hashing out, hearing someone who was struggling with life and didn't do the right thing every friggin time works with the thing in a way it doesn't with spider-man yeah yeah yeah. spider-man got his uncle killed because he didn't like stop a robber and go you know kind of out of his way to get involved in a crime when he wasn't crime fighting like i get it i get the tragedy of the story and all that but on the other hand like after that Peter Parker's main mistakes comes from trying to do too much and being horrendous at time management. Uh, he, he makes mistakes, but they're not, they're not the same as like this, where Flint was just a bad guy. Like he made the wrong choices, which is a different thing. And the fact that the thing could empathize with that, that he could talk to that and say like, you need a break. You need someone to give you a break. Here it is. Make it count. And and put the pressure on that. I, I felt like made this a story that you couldn't tell a Spider Man. And that was interesting. Yeah,
0: No, I think that hits the nail on the head. Um, yeah, that like this couldn't be a Spider-Man story. But, you know, it, it's almost to the like to the benefit of the story that like this couldn't be about Spider-Man story. Not saying that every story would be improved with the appearance of Spider-Man. But, you know, sometimes sometimes it it's it's important to note like the limitations of the character, um, you know. So. Yeah. Uh, all right. But on that note, it's time for us to rank no, this no, no, thing. No, 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 no. You're skipping Spider-Man. over a very important step ah should this be reissued or untold
1: yeah i feel like this should be reissued this hits a point with a you know relatively big character in the marvel universe that had ramifications for years and in of itself is a relatively quiet strong story told in relatively very few pages (laughs) so yeah slap yeah i
0: mean i'll I'll echo that entirely like this is this is the kind of story i like reading about in comics like not necessarily like not saying i don't like a good fisticuff brawl but like i really like these times where the stories stop and realize that you know there there's 40 years of history in these characters let's 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 put that on the forefront and let's have these characters talk to each other and actually act like people rather than set pieces and and obstacles and it it really helps flesh out the idea of the marvel universe as like a living breathing thing rather than um you know (laughs) well rather than like a choreographed dance um moving between you know crossover and mega events etc 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 you know where oh. where you know the characters are the ones that are changing the plots rather than you know who dies and who doesn't die and what giant shakeups happening at the end of this arc um so yes moving on to the web of ranking um i will go ahead and say I, i'm because this is a spider-man list i'm willing to dock some points from this for not actually being a spider-man comic but I'm still going to shoot really high for this. Is this going to be a problem? Well, wh- where are you looking, Kane? I'm, I'm I'm going to put this below vibes. Normally I would put this above vibes, but because this is a Spider-Man list, I'm going to put it below vibes. You want to put it at number? That's five. So mm. it'd be five,
1: yeah. Um, I will say I was looking a little lower on the list okay. on this one. Um, because my I initially went for you know what can I honestly compare this to to start, and I looked at pumping mm. up because you know. A lot of bravado and substance uh seemed like a natural tie and i thought you know this is played straighter it has more consequence and it's just generally a better issue than pumping up not that i don't like pumping up but this is this is a good Mm. issue so then i was looking at identity crisis and i was like You know, this is better than Identity Crisis, which is ultimately just kind of a hodgepodge of what was going on at the time for Spider-Man. Good stuff, but nothing particularly great or special or stand out. And then I had a little harder time pushing it above something like who is that goblin I saw you with? You know, something that had some reverberations with Spider-Man. And I think I'm with you. I think I'd put it about where you ultimately did, but I wanted to knock it down just a chunk for not being a Spider-Man comic on a spider-man list I okay guess. yeah no that that was, that,
0: that, that yeah. is fair I, I i will say like for being a spider-man comic it probably shouldn't be in the top five
1: i mean that's all gonna change we should say behind the scenes we've been talking we realized some of the stuff we've hit on where was a bit of uh too many thuds and so we're looking to try to get some honest to god decent comics more in the right. list. right well yeah the like it, it's
0: <laughs> most of the time when we do this we're we're always shooting for like the the bottom half of the middle section and i feel like most of these should be at at, you know around the top half of the middle section of this list as far as quality goes like we should be trying to find some better comics so okay yeah uh yeah i'll put it i'll put it um below the uh barton hamilton who is that goblin i saw you with stuff um
1: just purely on the merit that... you sure you don't want to fight to push it on the other side of that wait what you're not going to fight to push it on the other side of the you goblin no well
0: no i, I mean I, I recognize your point in that like this isn't a spider-man story this is a sandman story which as you know as we pointed out in that trade uh, is a villain that is shared by the fantastic four by the hulk by wonder man by machine man in a team-up issue but still um... You know, uh, he he ends up.
1: man? Yeah, he ends up as an oh, Avenger.
0: Right. He ends up, you know, uh, running with Silver Sable. Like it, it's, yep. he's all over the place. Six-pack. So like, you know, he, maybe not so much co opted like Kingpin was. Um, he's he's still not necessarily like I still consider him a Spider Man villain. But yeah, he's got a wider spread than just Spider Man. Or, he or did. did yeah yeah okay so it will be the new number one two three. Three, four, five, number six. All right. All right. So next up on the Like Sands in the Hourglass, we're actually going to be taking a short break. <laughs> um, Halloween <laughs> is coming up. So Matt and I thought it'd be fun to do the Halloween centered episode or a how. Halloween is coming up, so Matt and I thought it would be fun to do a Halloween-centered episode. So next up is 2009's Amazing Spider-Man, The Short Halloween. Uh, This is by SNL veterans Bill Hader and Seth Meyers, so expect less spooky Halloween and more drunk Spider-Man Halloween. Um it's a story it's it's a weird one um i i feel like we just said that we're going to be trying to put some more quality stuff on the show and then immediately announce this thud of a story but it'll be a fun one to talk about wow um spoilers for kane's impressions (laughs) it'll be a fun one to talk about because like whenever we get halloween stories it's always like oh Morlin, not Morlin. um morbius showed up or or the one i was gonna do was blade shows up whatever but like this is like actual Halloween, Halloween, not just.
1: Well, I mean, and we can't talk about Revelations, which to me is the ultimate Halloween Spider Man. (laughs) That's also true. but... But, okay, anyway, after that, we'll be covering Amazing Spider Man
0: 281, then Peter Parker 22, Peter Parker 56, 57, and then we'll finish out the block with the modern comic Amazing Spider Man 615 and 616. So, still got plenty of Sandman goodness after that short little Halloween break. But if you want to hear more about a, you know, oh, well, then, well, we've also got the Spider-Geddon stuff. Don't don't forget about that. We'll be shooting out an episode each time we get a Spider-Geddon uh, story. So stay tuned for that if you're interested in Spider-Geddon at all. And if you want to listen to those tie-in issues to Spider-Geddon, we'll be covering those too but to get access to that you'll have to join our Patreon $3.99 a month grants you access to our B title reviews the amazing spider talks amazing spider man reviews as well as the VIP section of that slack community the amazing spider slack if, it, <coughs> if you want even more goodies $10 a month gets you commissioned artwork from spider man artists you can't get anywhere else twice a year alright Matt close it out where can we hear from you on the internet anything special happening
1: no i'm um, if you missed it we got some great slingers episodes for you to check out but you can find me on twitter at magical 42 kane where can we find you i'm still
0: on twitter as well at least for this week at kane uh you can also follow the show's twitter at or at untold talks spmn or you can give us an email until talks is spider-man at gmail.com uh um special thanks again to the ellie badge for providing our theme song we got links in the show notes for that if you want to listen to more from them and until it's miller time make mine untold